This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 167 A sitcom review in chronological order. From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. We've made it to another milestone, a series that set a template for sitcoms of the 90s while still being quirky enough to stand alone. The Seinfeld Chronicles, a.k.a. Seinfeld, premiered on NBC on May 31, 1990, at 9.30 p.m. This is the apex of Give All Stand-Ups a Sitcom. Jerry Seinfeld plays a semi-autobiographical role as Jerry, gasp, a stand-up comedian living in New York City. He's a neat freak and often acts as straight man. The show focuses on him and three friends, childhood buddy George Costanza, Jason Alexander, a perpetual loser based on co-creator Larry David, ex-girlfriend Elaine Bennis, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, sarcastic and overly honest, who manages to make the worst of situations. She's an amalgam of Jerry's real exes. Next-door neighbor Cosmo Kramer, Michael Richards, a slacker who, despite rarely having a job, seems to have plenty of money. He's the wacky neighbor trope turned up to 11. He's based on Kenny Kramer, who lived across from Larry David in real life. The show also introduces us to their families, friends, and enemies. The latter includes Newman, Wayne Knight, a postal carrier who lives in the same building and acts as a constant irritant. Newman. Jerry's parents, played by Liz Sheridan and Barney Martin, and George's parents, played by Estelle Harris and Jerry Stiller, get long-term storylines. Susan, Heidi Swedberg, is George's long-suffering fiancé who is tragically killed by poison glue on their wedding invites. John O'Hurley plays Elaine's world-traveling boss and magnate of the J. Peterman catalog. Len Lesser plays Jerry's Uncle Leo, who keeps inserting himself into Jerry's business. Patrick Warburton plays Putty, Elaine's on-and-off boyfriend. Other bosses were played by Richard Fancy, Elaine's publisher boss, and Richard Hurd, George's boss at the Yankees. There's also a revolving door of one-time girlfriends for Jerry who screws up the relationship before the end of the episode. A few that went on to major careers, Jane Leaves, Terry Hatcher, they're real and they're spectacular, Courtney Cox, pre-friends, Janine Garofalo, Kristen Davis, Deborah Messing, Lauren Graham, just to name a few. We covered Liz Sheridan in episode 137 for ALF, Barney Martin on episode 82 for the Tony Randall Show, and we'll cover Patrick Warburton when we get to his starring role. Jerry Seinfeld grew up on Long Island and got into stand-up after doing some theater work in college. An open mic night led to an appearance on a Rodney Dangerfield HBO special, and this led to many appearances on Carson and Letterman as well as his own HBO special. He had a short run on Benson and did a few TV guest roles, often playing himself, prior to his series, which made him an enormous star. 
Jerry's often stated that his comedy on the show was influenced by the rhythm of the Abbott and Costello show. He won a Golden Globe and three SAG Awards for the series, along with an Emmy for Best Comedy Series, out of 13 nominations. He turned mostly back to stand-up work after that. He produced and starred in the animated film B-Movie, as well as a run as the host of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, which is what it sounds like, along with a string of stand-up specials. Jerry is currently in post-production of Unfrosted, a comedy about the creation of Pop-Tarts. Jason Alexander initially wanted to be a magician, but was told his hands were too small for card work. He switched to theater, which he studied in college until a full-time acting job came up. Jason made it to Broadway, Merrily We Roll Along, Broadway Bound, Jerome Robbins Broadway, Tony and Drama Desk Awards. The show ended just as Seinfeld began. A Fish in the Dark, replacing Larry David in the role, and he continues to do regional work. Jason had a run on ER, then starred in Everything's Relative, episode 149. You can find him online in commercials for McDonald's, Hawking, the McDLT. There were films, The Burning, The Mosquito Coast, Brighton Beach Memoirs, Pretty Woman, Jacob's Ladder, all before George Costanza. He was nominated for eight Emmys and four Golden Globes for the role, along with nine SAG nominations, winning three. Jason got involved in voice work, Dinosaurs, the Aladdin and Hercules TV series, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Duckman, Dilbert, Trip Tank, Cody Kapow, Harley Quinn. He also moved on to be a regular or recurring on Bob Patterson, Listen Up, The Grinder, Hit the Road, Young Sheldon, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and the film Shallow Hal. Jason got into professional poker playing in the 2000s. Julia Louis-Dreyfus's ancestors founded a huge French commodities and shipping conglomerate, still under family's control, with gross sales over $120 billion. She spent part of her childhood abroad due to her father's humanitarian work. Julia attended Northwestern, where she got into an improv troupe. She dropped out her junior year to join the cast of SNL at age 21. She was in the cast from 82 to 85, meeting Larry David, who was a writer there. She followed that up with films, Hannah and Her Sisters, Soul Man, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and a regular role on Day by Day, episode 150, prior to Elaine Bennis, winning an Emmy out of seven noms, a Golden Globe out of two noms, and five SAG Awards out of nine nominations. During the show's run, she was in films North, Deconstructing Harry, and A Bug's Life, doing voice work. And then after Seinfeld, she moved on to Watching Ellie, Arrested Development, The New Adventures of Old Christine, winning an Emmy out of five noms, a Golden Globe nom, and two SAG noms. And then came Veep, winning her nine Emmys out of 14 nominations, five Golden Globe noms, six Producers Guild noms, and five SAG awards out of 10 nominations. She's also won the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor. Overall, Julia owns the record for number of Emmys wins for the same character and tied with Cloris Leachman for the most awards overall. Two more films, Planes, doing voice work, and Enough Said with a Golden Globe nom. Julia has become very politically active, hosting a night of the most recent Democratic presidential convention. Michael Richards grew up in the L.A. area and appeared as a contestant on The Dating Game. He was not chosen. 
Drafted into the Army, he got involved in a theatrical group in West Germany, then studied drama under the G.I. Bill. For a short time, he had an improv act with Ed Begley Jr. An appearance on a Billy Crystal cable TV special led to being cast on ABC's SNL knockoff Fridays with fellow cast member Larry David. There, he was involved in what might have been a planned riot involving Andy Kaufman. Michael had runs on St. Elsewhere, Fresno, Marblehead Manor, episode 145, and films UHF and Problem Child prior to Cosmo Kramer, winning three Emmys out of five noms and three SAG Awards out of seven noms. He would go on to an eponymous sitcom and the series Kirsty. A 2006 racist rant at a comedy club brought his career mostly to a halt. Wayne Knight was an honors student in college, but left with one credit remaining to pursue acting. He would return to finish his degree in 2008. He made it to Broadway in Gemini and would return for short runs. Post-Gemini, he worked as a private investigator, but was getting major acting work by the late 80s. Films including Dirty Dancing, V.I. Warshawski, JFK, later spoofed on Seinfeld, Basic Instinct, Jurassic Park, Space Jam, and TV shows The Edge, The Second Half, Third Rock from the Sun, and two SAG nominations, Woke Up Dead, Hot in Cleveland, Torchwood, The Exes, The Truth About the Harry Kubert Affair, with a lot of guest spots. There's also voice work, the twisted tales of Felix the Cat, Hercules, Toonsylvania, Tarzan, Toy Story 2, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, Zeolan Showdown, Cat Scratch, Kung Fu Panda, Legends of the Three Caballeros. Knight, as his Newman character, appeared in an ad supporting the post office in the wake of 2020 election allegations. Estelle Harris moved from dinner theater to summer stock to commercial work, at one point getting the nickname the Queen of Commercials for appearing in 25 national ads in a single year. There were a few films, the series Good Advice, and a number of TV guest roles prior to Seinfeld. She would go on to voice work, the Brothers Flub, the Toy Story franchise as Mrs. Potato Head, Mickey Mouse Works, Queer Duck, House of Mouse, Dave the Barbarian, Fanboy and Chum Chum, with live action work on The Secret Life of Zack and Cody. Harris passed earlier this year at age 93. Jerry Stiller served in the U.S. Army in World War II and returned to go to college, later studying at the HB Studio. He made several appearances in early live TV dramas, including Studio One. In 1953, he met comedian Ann Mira, see episode 62 for The Corner Bar, and they became a comedy team. They were married a year later and would remain until her death in 2015 after 60 years. Their son is the talented Ben Stiller. The duo joined the Compass Players, which would later become The Second City. They had a nightclub act after that, along with a lot of variety show appearances. They quit the act in the early 70s, but did come back from time to time. Stiller made it to Broadway, the Three Penny Opera, The Power and the Glory, The Ritz, Hurley Burley, along with a number of Shakespearean roles. There was TV work, The Paul Lynn Show, Joe and Sons, The Love Boat, Tattingers, and films The Taking of Pelham 123, Airport 1975, Hairspray with a SAG nomination, all before Seinfeld getting an Emmy nomination. Stiller would later go on to Zoolander and Anchorman and voice work on Fishhooks. He would get a second grab at the TV brass ring on the series 
the King of Queens. Stiller passed in 2020 at age 92. Seinfeld was the only regular TV work for Heidi Swedberg. She had a large number of guest spots. She appeared in films In Country, Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael, Hot Shots, Galaxy Quest. Her last role was in 2010, after which she became a ukulele artist. John O'Hurley got his start on soaps, The Edge of Night, Loving, The Young and the Restless, Santa Barbara, as well as TV series Scorch, Valley of the Dolls, and A Whole New Ball Game, all before his recurring role of Jay Peterman on Seinfeld. He would go on to Over the Top, The Weber Show, The Mullets, All My Children, Malibu Dan the Family Man, and voice work on Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, Father of the Bride, Duck Dodgers, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, The Looney Tunes Show, Phineas and Ferb, Gothball, Archer, SpongeBob SquarePants, along with several video games. He also made it to Broadway in Chicago during tours of that show and Spamalot. In the 2000s, O'Hurley became a game show host to tell the truth, Family Feud. He has co-hosted the annual National Dog Show on Thanksgiving for 20 years and was the runner-up on Dancing with the Stars in 2005. O'Hurley helped to relaunch the actual J. Peterman catalog and is a part owner. Len Lesser enlisted in the U.S. Army the day after Pearl Harbor and served in the China-Burma-India Theater. He became a character actor going back to the early days of TV with 192 IMDb credits. He recurred on The Red Skelton Show and did dozens of TV guest roles. Films include The Brothers Karamazov, How to Stuff a Wild Bikini, Kelly's Heroes, Papillon, The Outlaw Josie Wales, The Main Event. After his recurring role of Uncle Leo on Seinfeld, he recurred on Everybody Loves Raymond. Lesser passed in 2011. Richard Fancy was doing guest spots by the early 80s, as well as films True Believer, Tango and Cash, What About Bob, Hollywoodland. He had a run on It's Gary Shandling show before the role of Lipman on Seinfeld. Fancy went on to Murder One, The District, and General Hospital. Richard Hurd was drafted during the Korean War, but was injured in basic training, winding up in the Ordnance Corps. He then joined the Signal Corps and made training films. Hurd got his acting start on the stage before moving to TV, T.J. Hooker, Simon and Simon, and films Hercules in New York, All the President's Men, The China Syndrome, The Onion Field, Private Benjamin, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Get Out. Hurd became known for his sci-fi work, The Powers of Matthew Starr, V, Star Trek TNG and Voyager, Quantum Leap, Sequest DSV, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Heard passed in 2020 at age 87. Seinfeld was an enormous hit for NBC, but it almost didn't make it past a very short first season. In 1989, Castle Rock made two pilots for NBC, The Seinfeld Chronicles, a mix of his stand-up routines and a sitcom, and Ann Gillian, the stars returned to TV in an eponymous sitcom. Test audiences were not pleased with Seinfeld, and so Angelian got a regular time slot instead. Episode 163 covers the details of that series. However, the Seinfeld Chronicles pilot was aired, and it did far better than anticipated. NBC canceled a Bob Hope special to free up the money to make four additional episodes, now called Seinfeld. The show didn't return to the air until May 1990, where it did well in the ratings, especially with coveted demographics. 
The show relied initially on inserts of Jerry doing stand-up, which was phased out for the most part over time. After the first season, co-creator Larry David, who would go on to create Curb Your Enthusiasm, recommended to Jerry to pull the plug, as there were no more stories to tell. Fortunately, Jerry vetoed that plan. The show did okay in seasons two to four, but then exploded, never leaving the top three and reaching number one in seasons six and nine, hitting 3.4 on the Bazinga scale and a total of 180 episodes. In fact, Seinfeld is only one of three shows that went out as the number one series, the others being I Love Lucy and The Andy Griffith Show. It won 10 Emmys out of 67 nominations, along with six SAG Awards out of 17 noms, three DGA Awards out of eight noms, three Golden Globes out of 15 noms, four People's Choice Awards, a Peabody, a PGA, and four Writers Guild Awards out of 14 nominations. There were certain rules about the show. No character would learn anything by the end of the episode, there's no pathos, even when George's fiance tragically dies. No hugging, no learning. Seinfeld did start as a show about nothing. An early episode involved watching the group wait for a table at a Chinese restaurant, but plots then moved into the bazaar. A long story arc involved Jerry and George selling a pilot to NBC that was essentially the show they were on. The controversial episode, The Contest, centered around how long each of the characters could avoid pleasuring themselves. George's dad introduced Festivus, an alternative to Christmas involving an aluminum pole instead of a tree, feats of strength, and airing of grievances. Kramer found a torn-apart set from the Merv Griffin show in a dumpster, rebuilt it in his apartment, and hosted an episode. Kramer also marketed a coffee table book, a book about coffee tables that could be turned into a mini table itself. There's also an episode that's told in reverse, with the first scene shown at the end. Despite the reliance on New York City storylines, the series was shot in L.A. with the water backlot used for exterior shots. Most sitcoms have an A story, the primary focus, and maybe a B story that either supports A or is a counterpoint to it. Seinfeld often has A, B, C, and D stories, one for each of the main foursome. The series created a number of catchphrases that fell into common usage, being sponge-worthy, yada, 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 not that there's anything wrong with that, double dip, no soup for you. Seinfeld also made liberal use of actual consumer products in their storylines, especially candy, junior mints, Pez, O. Henry, Drake's Cakes, Black and White Cookies. Jerry, both as a character and in real life, was an aficionado of breakfast cereals and would often be seen munching on particular brands during a scene. He would go on to a series of webisodes for American Express where he had lunch in a diner with an animated Superman played by Patrick Warburton, a.k.a. Putty. NBC offered Jerry over $100 million for a 10th season, but he refused it to allow the show to go out on top. The finale involved the gang going on a vacation to Paris, celebrating the Jerry series being sent to series by NBC. The private plane makes an emergency landing in a small Massachusetts town where they witness someone being carjacked and make wisecracks as they view it. Unfortunately, the town has a Good Samaritan law that makes it illegal not to help out, and they're arrested. 
The resulting trial is a final curtain call of dozens of characters mostly giving terrible accounts of the gang. So they go to jail, and the final shot is the quartet arguing in prison. 76 million viewers tuned in, making it the fourth most watched series finale. TV Land suspended regular programming that night with an on-screen note that they were watching Seinfeld. The show went into syndication and remains there, earning $2.7 billion by 2010. TNT paid over $1 million an episode to begin showing it in 1998. Hulu picked up the series in 2015 for a low nine-figure sum, and Netflix took it over in 2021 for more than $500 million. There was some griping from viewers when episodes were cropped to make them fit modern TV sets and cutting off some jokes as a result. You may also notice something in broadcast syndication. Episodes are slightly increased in speed in order to get in more commercials. The quartet came back together in 2009 to star in a fictional reunion special as part of a storyline on Larry David's Curb Your Enthusiasm. You can certainly see Seinfeld's legacy in Curb and shows like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but there is a negative part as well. The Seinfeld curse was coined after Louis Dreyfus, Alexander, and Richards all went on to do their own sitcoms, which quickly bombed. Of course, Louis Dreyfus broke the curse with the new adventures of old Christine and Veep. I picked my favorite episode of the series and watched it on Netflix. The Race, Season 6, Episode 10, plays on Jerry's stubbornness and his love of Superman. You see a statue of the Man of Steel in his apartment throughout the series, and he's frequently referenced. Jerry is dating a woman named Lois, played by Renee Props, which especially excites him. Stand back, Lois. Jimmy's in trouble, Lois. Why, I'd have to be Superman to do that, Lois. She works for his high school rival, played by Todd Kimsey, whom he defeated in a foot race back then, partly due to an accidental head start. From that point on, he was known as a fast runner, and to avoid admitting what happened, when asked to race again, he replied... I choose not to run. Now the rival calls him on it and demands that they race again, threatening to fire Lois if he demurs. Somehow, most of his school class shows up for the race. Meanwhile, Elaine has a relationship with a communist who is blacklisted from her favorite Chinese takeout place. George finds a looking-for-love ad in the Daily Worker, and an overheard discussion winds up with George going to Cuba to scout players for the Yankees there, meeting Castro at one point. Kramer gets a department store Christmas Santa job, but his elf, Mickey, Danny Woodburn, hears about communism as well, which results in Kramer spreading propaganda to kids on his lap, which leads to him getting fired. At one point, George helps out Jerry in his lie, acting like they haven't seen each other in years, and slams observational humor, and they end up trading veiled barbs. Back to the race, where Kramer's car accidentally backfires, giving Jerry yet another head start, winning as the theme from Superman the movie plays in the background. Lois hugs Jerry, and when she asks him to go on a tropical vacation with her, he replies, Maybe I will, Lois. Maybe I will. Looks directly at the camera and winks. Just perfect. More of 1990s sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer bot, 
How can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm following this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.